Welcome to the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Nick, and we're so excited that you're here. On this podcast, we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle change. You know, all the healthy shit. So go ahead and grab yourself a cup of hot or iced coffee. Or a protein shake and sit back, relax, or go on a walk. And we'll talk to you soon. Nick, what is up? It looks like someone had a nice, wonderful powerlifting meet. How oh, I did. I'm feeling stiff as a board. <laughs> so my meet, my meet was on Saturday. It is now Wednesday as we're, we are recording this. And my, my lower back, my hamstrings and my quads are just like, they're not moving. They're barely moving. I had to demonstrate a forward walking lunge for a client Sunday morning, like less than 12 hours after my powerlifting meet and I almost didn't get back up so that's that's how I'm feeling but mentally I am great like it was so much fun to get in there and just like lift insane amounts of weights that I've never never touched before so it was a good time oh congratulations that's so so exciting Thank you. Yeah. If, if you all, if you guys want to hear more about that, I just recorded a, a little solo episode on my own podcast. So and feel free to listen to that. Let our lovely listeners know kind of what the name of your podcast is again. I mean, I know it's pretty big. It's pretty. It's, it's really hard to forget the name of my podcast because it's just called the Nick Anderson Fitness Podcast. If you can't remember that, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, just in case people didn't know, mm. it's always good to you know, reiterate yeah, for sure. Repeating ourselves is a good thing sometimes. Yes. And like, for those listening, I may repeat myself a little bit. I'm on coffee. Number one, I was telling Nick that I got really good sleep last night and my body did not want to wake up. So my brain is great. My, my attention is lovely today. It's just, my body is super tired. I've been hitting the gym hard. I've been, you know, hitting the studio hard. So it's been, the pole studio. So yeah, it's just been, my body is tired today. Your body so. needs a rest. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to rest. Good, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes people will be like, I'm going to do more. <laughs> oh, no. oh no, don't put me down for that. No, thank you. Hell no. Uh, I know you know better, but you know, just for our listeners in case you're well, out yeah. there feeling super stiff, I'm taking the entire week off after my meet. Like that's just what that's you're supposed smart. to do. After you, after you hit like literal maximum, taking a week off to recover is going to be super important for you. Cause like I said, I'm still stiff four days later. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. And so, yeah, today I think, you know, as far as like recovery and rest, I'm just going to get my steps in. I'm going to take a nice long walk on my treadmill and watch an episode of Grey's Anatomy. And there you go. I'm going to get my mobility flow in. I'm going to stretch. Oh, I do have to teach a private pole lesson tonight, but you know what? That's fine. That's fine because I'm the teacher. So yeah, you don't have to like do an entire hour of pole. You just have to teach someone how to do an entire hour of pole. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting about rest and recovery and things is I stepped on my scale this morning and my weight was up. So Nick, why did you explain why my weight could have possibly been up this morning? Well, you've been, uh, you've been hitting the gym hard, huh? So like, 
you're going to have some extra water retention from your, your muscles just soaking up all the water that it can possibly get to help you recover. And you know, a lot of people will have a good workout like that and step on the scale and freak out because they may be up two or three or four or five pounds. So but true. that does not mean that you've gained two, three, four or five pounds of fat. You just have a little extra water in your body and that's okay because the great thing about water weight is it goes away just as quickly as it comes on. 100%. And I think that when we look at a scale fluctuation and we base our emotion around that, because you're right, my, you know, it's, it's definitely water. I was just mentioning to Nick right before we hit record that I also have realized because my body feels this way, I might need a little bit more carbs. My protein's on point, but I might need a little bit more carbs to give me a little bit more energy. Mm -hmm. And when you eat carbs, you're going to retain a little more water, carbohydrate. The mm -hmm. hydrate part is hydration. So what we're going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to eat a little bit more carbs and I'm going to expect the scale to go up a little bit. And if I have food, that's a little bit more salty, I'm going to retain even more water. So it's just a reminder for those of you listening that if you go to the gym and you have a really challenging workout the next day, the scale is probably going to go up. So yeah. that's something that's really important for you listening to understand is that the scale is going to fluctuate from day to day from honestly, from hour to hour. If we really, really yeah. Honest. Yeah. So Nick, why don't you talk a little bit? about you have you have a nice I do have a little <laughs> so I, I mean I think it's great that you said that you know the scale might go up when you have more carbs more water more sodium and if you do the opposite the scale will go down which in, in theory sounds awesome scales down right but like that's not going to be a permanent thing. It's not like, okay, I had a little less carbs. I don't all of a sudden just weigh less or you, or you, you do all of a sudden weigh less technically, but you don't have less fat on your body, which is really the main goal of trying to quote unquote, lose weight, right? It's, it's not to lose weight. It's to lose body fat. Nobody really cares about how much water they lose unless you are trying to lose water weight for a competition, which is kind of the story that I want to go into today. So um, for my competition, I needed to cut water weight to make my weight for my weight class. So like four days before my competition, I weighed 185 pounds. I needed to be just under 182 pounds. So the way a water cut works is basically you have to rapidly increase your water and your sodium and then have like a sharp drop off leading up to the competition. So that way there's a hell of a lot less water in your body. You can excrete more. So I was peeing basically every 12 minutes for the first couple of days, which was awesome working as an in-person trainer with 45 oh, minute no. sessions. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept having to excuse myself during our sessions, be like, Oh, uh, I just got to pee again. You know, no worries. Um, but so for, for the competition, I, you know, I successfully completed my water cut. Again, if you listen to my episode, you can hear more about that, but, um, yeah, I, I lost the 
I think four pounds. I was down to 179.9 when I stepped on the scale for my weigh-in. And then immediately after that, I needed to replenish my carbs because I had restricted carbs and restricted sodium. And I had like basically no water intake for a full like 18 hours. So immediately chugged a Pedialyte. Have you ever had a Pedialyte before, Brooke? I have. They're not the best. It's like a salty Gatorade. Yep, it's weird. It's like a salty Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. Like, Micah loves it, which is so funny because he's a little like he loves salt, but I mean he runs all the time, so he's constantly excreting water. So he like chugs <laughs> Pedialyte. I'm like. Ugh. Let me tell you, after not having like basically any salt, I was eating like literally unseasoned ground turkey for like the days before. So that like salty Gatorade was everything. I was like, oh my God, this is so good right now. They make popsicles too, Nick. Just so Do they know. really? I don't think I would like it during any other time, but except just like, except for that. And then right after it's like, oh, we have 24 hours from weigh-ins to competition. So you have to like get as much carbs in as much energy as you can into your body so that you can perform and like replenish from everything that you've just lost. I literally had 711 grams of carbs. I believe it. Carb loading. The day before. Carb mm -hmm. loading, baby. Literally went right for the chocolate chip pancakes at the diner next door to the gym. Smothered that shit in syrup. Oh my God. It was so good. But I was so full. So you know, throughout the day, I'm like every couple of hours, I'm eating like a hundred grams of carbs. And within 12 hours, I went from 179.9 pounds to 190 pounds. Damn. Does that mean I gained 11 pounds of fat? Absolutely the fuck not. I just oh. had like 11 pounds of food in my stomach. So when you step on the scale and freak out because it's up, it doesn't mean that you've gained fat. I'm back, back down to my normal weight now, a few days later. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing about scale fluctuations is people immediately see it and have this visceral reaction. Like I gained weight. And that's something that the more you weigh yourself, if you start to weigh yourself daily, you start to notice the trends in your mm -hmm. weight fluctuations and especially women. So mm -hmm. women, um, like, or people that are on hormone replacement therapies. So you know, what? people who identify as women and women um, or people with a uterus, they have periods and they have hormones that kick into play and we retain water and we bloat. I mean, there's so much that goes into what can make the scale fluctuate that I think a lot of people, most people don't take into consideration. So the time of the month. Um, whether or not you had a salty meal the night before, whether or not you had a higher carb meal the night before and, and vice versa. If you had a meal that was really low in carbs, you, the scale might go down. If mm -hmm. you have a rest day and then you don't eat a lot of carbs on that day, let's say you eat a little more fat, the scale is probably going to go down. It's really finding your own fluctuations. And I love to have fun with it. Like I like to in the morning be like, okay, is it going to be up or down today? What is it going to be? I'm going to guess it's going to be up and I'll step on the scale. And if it's like the same or down, I'm like, oh, I was wrong. Like I've made it a game with myself <laughs> to kind of desensitize myself to seeing that number go up. I really I like that, that idea. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was that person that would freak the fuck out because I would step on the scale and all of a sudden it would be up and my day would be ruined. Like I wasn't thinking about the fact that I tracked my calories consistently 12 days in a row. I was focused on the fact that I, I had a little bit of water and didn't take a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, if you're ever worried about like what, what the scale might be doing in any given moment, do this experiment. It'll be fun. Weigh yourself before and after you take a shit. Oh, and yeah. just look at the difference because, you know, if you have something in your body that needs to come out, it's got a weight to it. Yeah. And again, it's not fat. It's literally just shit. So like the same thing if, you know, you got to pee or you just ate a big meal, weigh, weigh yourself and then drink a glass of water and weigh yourself again. That's what I have done with in-person clients, like physically in front of me who have struggled with the scale. I've grabbed my scale from upstairs, brought it downstairs, drank 16 ounces of water in front of them, waited one to two minutes and stepped on the scale. And they were shocked that I gained like two pounds. Mm -hmm. They were shocked because that water also goes to your muscle tissue it goes to your like blood volume it goes to everywhere and just contents of your stomach so I think it's important for people to not get too hung up on the scale and the more that you can desensitize yourself to it the better I mean I'm not gonna lie when I say that occasionally I get a little visceral reaction when I know that I have not been as consistent with my nutrition and my training like I'm kind of like oh it went up that that kind of sucks. But then I have to talk myself down and say, listen, old habits die hard. I need to realize that this is just my relationship with gravity at this given moment. And if I go to the bathroom, this is going to go down. And this is why I'm such a big believer in if you are going to weigh yourself, not only should you do it every day, but you should track that and yes. put it on a graph. So that you can see, you can visibly see, okay, the scale was up today. It was down yesterday. And you could see that like up and down trend. And if you look from, let's say January 1st, 2023 to February 1st, 2023, and you see that that trend line is going up, down, or staying the same, that's when you know that you may or may not need to make some adjustments. Not from January 1st to January 2nd. It's taking a step back and looking at that bigger picture because the day-to-day -day fluctuations can be so wildly extreme. And if you look at it from like more of a monthly perspective, that gives you a much clearer picture of what's actually happening in your body because you have so much data to go on. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to realize like even week to week, stepping on the scale one time a week is not a good idea because it could be a day where your weight's up. Yep. Or it could be a day that your weight is down. And then when you step on the scale and you see a number that you're not happy with, you allow that to ruin your progress by saying, fuck it, it's not working. I'm going to do, I'm going to go back to what I was doing before since this isn't working anyway. And that's not helpful. It's counterintuitive. So I love that you brought up looking at the trend line from month to month because a lot of people underestimate just how fast a month goes by. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but when that trend line goes down, you see that your effort over time is paying off. 
Yeah, absolutely. You can, it's a very visible and almost tangible picture of what's been going on in your body. And I think there are some people out there who can do very well with weighing every day and you might have that visceral reaction sometimes and sometimes you might not, but if you're having it every time, maybe don't weigh yourself at all. Yeah. Maybe go by the way your clothes fit, go by your measurements, go by your consistency. I think those are much better representations of like that comparison to the scale than actually like trying to weigh yourself sporadically. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes the scale doesn't even give you the right picture anyway. I, I have a client who just texted me today um, and she was at the doctor's office and she's she hasn't been weighing herself because she does have that reaction to the scale. But she was at the doctor's office. She was like, my weight is still the same. But then she sent me pictures of her from six months ago versus now where her weight's still the same in both pictures. And it is like clear as day that she has lost a bunch of body fat and i'm like she even knew it herself she was like i I, this is crazy that the scale is the same because i look and feel so much different like i don't even care about the scale so that was huge and why don't you touch on that a little bit nick like why don't you touch on you know why if you're strength training and you're building Mm. muscle and you're losing body fat what that can look like on the scale yeah, definitely. Like a pound of muscle and a pound of fat, they're both still a pound. So I do, I hate it when people say muscle weighs more than fat because it doesn't. A pound of muscle is a pound of muscle, a pound of fat is a pound of fat, but they take up more volume. They take up more space. A pound of fat, if you look at a comparison picture of what a pound of fat looks like versus a pound of muscle, the pound of fat is significantly larger than the muscle. So if you're gaining muscle and losing fat, the number on the scale could be exactly the same, but you're going to look completely different. That's so true. And I muscle is a lot more dense than body fat. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something that I like to um, explain to my clients is muscle takes up less space. Muscle is more dense. So when you look at it from that angle and you say, oh, my weight is the same, but my body fat percentage is different, whether it's 1%, 2% difference, that is huge compared to just the number on the scale. The number on the scale is not always going to reflect that type of progress. And I like to make the comparison because I am right there with you. I absolutely hate when people say muscle weighs more than fat because it's, it's true. A pound is a pound. Um, so I like to use the analogy, um, what takes up more space, a pound of feathers or a pound of a brick? I was literally going to say that same thing. Yeah. Are you really? I, I really, yeah, I was going to use lead, but yes. <laughs> I love that. And feathers, in order to make up a pound of feathers, that's a you lot. You need a lot of fucking feathers. I fucking love you, Brooke. Like, <laughs> I love you too, Nick. <laughs> but then like, if you look at like one pound of a brick, that's probably going to be a single brick. So you really have to look at that difference. So if you are busting your ass in the gym, you're tracking your nutrition consistently, you are tracking your weight consistently, and you're noticing that trend line is going very, very slightly down or staying the same, 
make sure you're taking progress photos. Make sure you're paying attention to how your clothes fit. Make sure you're you're taking measurements. I don't know if I said that already. Coffee number one. Like Who knows? I, said. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> but those are way more accurate measures of progress than the scale. Because the scale, granted, it is a tool. And we want to make sure that we're using it in a way that's going to benefit us. Where That's going to be more... With, that's actually going to show the real picture of what's going on. And that yeah. is the only way to really do that is a month to month trend. And you want to make sure that you're using it to benefit you and make sure that you're not using it as a way to beat yourself up. Like if you see the number on the scale go up and you have that reaction, it doesn't mean that you need to immediately change things. It doesn't need to mean, it doesn't mean that you need to immediately change your calories or go do some extra cardio you just need to keep going and take some time to actually see what it does over the course of time instead of just that day to day. I think people do a lot of crazy things just because they see the number on the scale spike. You know, you don't need to do anything different. Yeah, and that's so true. And you have to give it time as well. You can't just put in 30 days of work and say, okay, did it go down? Like sometimes you need to look at the the trend from month one to month, the end of month two or the, or to month three. It really takes a lot of time if you are a beginner or if you're somebody who's taking a break from lifting for a while and you're trying to lose fat and, you know, build muscle at the same time, which is very hard to do. Um, one thing that you need to realize is that the scale probably won't change that much. You're probably going to have a lot more up days than you are going to have down days. So that's something just to be aware of, because I think a lot of people get so caught up with just wanting that number to go down because they think weight and body fat are mutually exclusive like, or, or the same fucking thing. That's what I'm right. trying to say. Yeah. Same fucking thing. <laughs> well said. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and it's it's not like it's it's not sexy to think about having to wait that thirty days to actually see what the scale is doing. It's it's gonna be slow. It's gonna be tedious. You're gonna want to give up sometimes, but don't fucking give up. No, it's not worth it. It's not worth the effort that you've put in, and time is gonna fucking pass anyway. If you give up, you're just gonna be in the same spot three months later. That's something mm-hmm. that I don't think a lot of people really grasp is time is time is going to pass either way. You might as well make it worth it. Right. Because if you just give up, like it's, what's the point? What's the point of giving up? There, There is none. There is no point. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't give themselves time. Like they don't give themselves enough time to really see that progress if they're only using the scale as a measure. Yeah. You got, I mean, there are so many other ways that you can measure progress and you, you talked about them. I don't need to say them again. Maybe I do, but. (laughs) Well, why don't we recap it? Why don't we recap it? We like to repeat ourselves here on the donuts and dumbbells podcast. Don't we? Fuck. Yeah, we do. We like to repeat (laughs) ourselves here on the donuts and dumbbells podcast. So some, some, No, that was great. (laughs) So some good ways to track your progress aside from the scale, how your clothes fit, 
how you feel, how you, you take progress pictures, look at January 1 to February 1. How do you look differently? How do you look across the course of a year? Take some measurements. Um, am I missing any? I'd say take lifting videos. That's a good one. Take lifting videos. See your progress in the gym. You know, I think that that is one thing that I did not do in the very beginning that I really regret. And it's something that I've been doing now um, with being in the studio that I've been doing more taking videos. And it's like when you're able to see yourself squat with better form, that's more exciting than seeing the scale go down or inches lost. I'm so glad you brought this up because now we can kind of talk about how progress, fitness progress is not just fat loss. No. It's getting stronger. It's feeling better. It's getting more mobility. It's being able to sit down on the toilet and not have to groan when you get off of it. <laughs> That's so true. It's getting better sleep. It's having better energy levels. It's improvement of your blood work. There's so much that we overlook when it comes to progress where I've had clients where it's like, well, I know I've been sleeping better. I know I'm getting stronger. I know I'm doing all this, but I'm not seeing movement in the scale. Who gives a fuck about the scale at that point when you're seeing so many other forms of progress? When you're seeing yourself getting stronger, when you're seeing your body composition change, when you're seeing like your form getting better, that is such a much better measure of progress than what the what your relationship with gravity is on any given day. Yeah, that like three digit number on the scale, it does it does not matter to a degree, sure. Yeah, but like overall, all those markers of success are so much more important than an arbitrary three digit number. And so much better for your health too, physically, mentally, and emotionally. It's so yeah. much better. So much better. Let's stop in 2023 freaking out about the scale. Let's let's worry about all these other signs of progress. Let's start tracking that shit. Track how much better your form is. Track how much weight you can put on the bar. Track how much mobility you have. Try to touch your toes. Oh, I love, you know me and mobility goals. Mm -hmm. I love. I knew you'd like that one. <laughs> or how stiff you feel waking up in the morning. Like if you if you wake up feeling like you can't demonstrate a forward lunge, then <laughs> well, you got different problems. Fairness, you made some pretty fucking great progress. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a give and take. Yeah, it is. It is. My mobility is not the best anymore, but that's okay. Because well, that's that's that just not my goal, that. and that's fine. If if it ever changes, I will. Well, first of all, I'll reach out to you, Brooke, because you're like the mobility expert over there. And um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one of those situations where our society is so based on the number on the scale. Mm -hmm. It's so based off of composition goals or aesthetic goals that in reality when somebody tells me their why like if a client tells me their actual why like oh I want to lose 15 pounds okay why well I want to feel better in my skin okay why well because I really want to be able to be in family photos and feel comfortable being in those photos oh okay so we want to feel comfortable and confident that's what we want 
what are other ways we can feel comfortable and confident? And that is developing consistency. It's developing strength. It's getting rid of lower back pain. It's getting rid of, you know, not necessarily exercise gets rid of depression, but it helps, you know, it helps improve mood and it helps with energy levels. And I think that when you really take a good, hard, fast look at your why, and you think about the body fat perspective, why do you want to lose body fat? A lot of times it's a lot deeper than I just want to look better. It's it's oftentimes I want to feel comfortable in my skin. I yeah. want to feel confident. I want to be out of pain. I want to be able to play with my grandkids. I want to be able to play with my children. That's what I hear all the time. It's often just much deeper. So first of all, ask yourself why the number on the scale matters so much and then get to the root of that. I love it. I think so many people equate their self-worth with the number on the scale. Like it's, oh, I'm, I'm not good enough because I weigh this much. But that, first of all, has absolutely no impact on your character as a person. I'm not, I'm not discrediting a friend because of their weight. Like, I don't care what you weigh. I care if you're a good person. I care if, you know, you really, that's what I care about. I, that's what I give a shit about is if you're a good person, I really don't care about anything else to be honest with you. But like, I get for like yourself, you're going to care more about like how you look in photos, how you feel in your own skin. And the, the number on the scale doesn't really matter to those things. If you can gain more muscle and lose a little fat and the number on the scale is going to be the same, you're going to look better in a family photo. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck that number on the scale. Yeah. What would you rather have? Like, would you rather have yourself feel confident and look better and, and weigh the same? Or would you rather, would you rather, you know, be a lower number, but not have any composition change? Yeah. What if you're, what if you weigh a whole lot less, but you're way less confident, which happens a lot. Um, on, on my own podcast, one of my very first episodes I did with a former bodybuilder and it kind of like, first of all, it ruined her relationship with food because she had to weigh every single thing ever and getting out of bodybuilding became very hard for her because she had a lot of like weird patterns and she would notice things about herself. Like, oh, well, I don't have this like vein on my forearm and really like focusing on these like tiny tiny details because you get to a point where you're so lean and you like completely overanalyze yourself so i would argue that if you're a lower number on the scale you're going to end up being less self-confident because you're going to start overanalyzing yourself that's pretty common for people that are that lean and I love that you brought that up because it it really, t- I've been, I've been stewing on this for a couple of days about body checking. You know, when you're weighing yourself every day, a lot of the times people will body check themselves. And if you don't know what body checking is, it's like when you stand in the mirror and you're pointing out things to yourself that you don't like about your body. Mm-hmm. Stop fucking doing that. Stop why don't we, why don't that. we stand in the mirror and point out things you do like? I love that. I absolutely love that. And I know that in the very beginning, when I was improving my relationship with food, 
and I was not weighing myself because I went through a period after my bodybuilding show of extreme body dysmorphia. I decided that instead of body checking and I started seeing a therapist again after this because I needed to, I, I got to that point where I know, I know myself well enough. I'm self-aware enough to say, you know what? I need some additional help. And mm. my therapist said, instead of standing in the mirror and body checking myself, she said, I want you to stand in the mirror. And every single time you go to body check yourself, I want you to write an affirmation on your mirror with an expo marker. And that was super helpful. It was super helpful. And I stopped weighing myself for a long time. And I noticed that my relationship with food started to improve. So that's another measure of progress. If you notice that your relationship with food is better, that is way, way more important than whatever the fucking scale is reflecting at you. Yeah, that is that is way more important. There are so many markers to success not only the ones that relate to how much body fat you've lost. Exactly. While that can be a primary goal, there are so many other goals that we can focus on. And if you just kind of pigeonhole yourself into that one, like let's just work on losing body fat, you're, you're missing the forest for the trees. Exactly. And I think that that's something that, you know, wanting to lose body fat is a valid goal. Like I, I don't want to discredit anybody wanting to lose body. Absolutely. Fat. It's a valid goal and you're okay to like it's okay for you to want to lose body fat. However, don't discredit all of the other progress you could possibly make that may benefit your life even more. Yeah. Yeah, there there's so many ways that you can feel better about yourself and yeah, you know, we just said like nine, 95 of them. So write one down. Write, write one, one down out the call to you. And I want you to focus on that in addition to losing body fat. You don't have to get rid of that goal because it's important to you and that's okay. But take one of those things and work on that too. I think that's a great idea. And if you guys want to, you know, shoot Nick or I a DM and let us know what your goal is so we can hold you accountable, do it. Yes. Absolutely do it. Like we would love that. We would love to hear about your goals. Like that's what we're here for. I mean, we don't get paid for this podcast. We want to help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pl please let us know. And if there's anything that we can do to support you, like we're here for you. Exactly. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Nick. And I hope that you listening really enjoyed this episode. It was, it was actually really fun to talk about because I think with it being the new year, and people are, you know, they have all that motivation. I don't want people stepping on the scale to ruin that for them. Yeah, definitely. I think like fat loss is probably the number one fitness goal out there and heading into the new year. What's the most common new year's resolution? I want to lose weight. Most people that's their resolution and they have absolutely no plan as to how to do it. So that, that could be a whole other episode, Oh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but don't just, that's, that's what we're going to leave you with is don't let that number on the scale ruin your progress. Don't see it and change things. Look at the trend over time. Look at the big picture. That's what's going to be most important because the small picture means nothing. 100%. And give yourself 30 days of ruthless consistency. Be ruthless. Insanely consistent for 30 days challenge yourself right now to 30 days if you challenge yourself to the 30-day ruthless consistency challenge 
I want you to DM Nick or I and let us know you're doing the challenge. Yes. And when we tell you to do this challenge, we're not telling you to do anything drastic. No, like 1200 calories or anything like that. I want you to eat a sustainable amount of food. Don't restrict carbs. We're not exercising seven days a week. We're not doing a shitload of cardio. Do something consistent. Strength train three to four days a week. Eat like 250 to 500 calories below your maintenance every day. And that's it. And Nick, you have a calorie calculator on your website, right? I sure do. So um, link in, link in bio or on nickandersonfitness.com. Yeah. It's right at the top of the page. Yeah. Nickandersonfitness.com. I will link that in the show notes. That way you can go on, go to his free calorie calculator and be ruthlessly consistent for 30 days and DM Nick or I on Instagram and let us know that you're doing the ruthless consistency challenge for 30 days. And we want to hear about your progress. Love it. We'll have a great 30 days of ruthless consistency. We will talk to you in 30 days. Damn straight. Well, we'll talk to you sooner than that, but we'll talk to you soon. Also that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. Okay. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. We appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to join us. And if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review, it helps us reach more people looking to improve their health and fitness. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.